be an active participant. Be a consumer of your benefits. The same way that you would take time to plan a vacation and try to figure out the best airline, do the same thing. And it doesn't take a ton of time. It's probably 30 minutes of your time once a year to go, am I really in the right medical plan? Do I go to the doctor that often and need to have the most expensive insurance? That may not be the right fit for you. Hey, my company offers pet insurance. I could be saving 15% and have it being taken out of my paycheck so I don't have to worry about paying it monthly. Take Hmm. advantage of that benefit. I'm Adam Connors from NetworkWise and your host of Who's Who in HR. Ask any successful CEO about the most important aspect of their company and they'll inevitably answer their people. And who is it that's responsible for their people? It's human resources. In fact, HR is the backbone of any elite organization. They attract, develop, and engage top talent, progress culture, secure, and manage important benefit programs, make sure you're appropriately paid, protect the best interest of each employee and the company, and so much more that, quite frankly, often gets taken for granted. On Who's Who in HR, I'll have in-depth discussions with well-known human resource leaders who offer insights into who they are, how they got there, and the areas they support. During our conversation, these leaders will reveal beneficial industry advice and innovative trends in the HR space that's contributing to keeping the world's most successful companies at the top of their game. Cassandra Rose is a senior professional in human resources with a heavy focus on total rewards. Cassandra is a huge advocate of employee benefits and wants to make sure that every worker understands exactly what they're entitled to and takes full advantage of it. So with that, let's dive right in. Cassandra Rose, welcome to the show. How are we doing today? Doing excellent. How are you, Adam? I'm living the dream. Thank you for asking. I, uh, I've been excited to sit down and speak with you. We're going to do a little bit of a twist from the normal show because today I really, really want to pick your brain. Well, there's a lot of things I want to pick your brain on, but specifically with your background as a, a global total rewards expert, I'd like to get the perspective of Someone that's actually going to be taking a job or you know just how they how they think about their benefits from a different perspective so if that's something that you would enlighten me on and we'll, we'll get into that I'm just excited to have this conversation sound like a plan sounds like a plan would you mind giving me a quick synopsis of your background even some of the schooling and some of the education that you have as well as some of the roles that you've had I really want everybody to understand the magnitude of your experience so they can really appreciate the perspective that you're going to bring to this conversation. Sure. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. So as you said, my name is Cassandra Rose. I'm a global benefits director at Sprinkler. I have nearly 15 years of experience in the human resource field, ranging in recruitment, immigration, and mobility, and most recently in benefits, which has really become my life's work. And I'll speak more to that uh, during this session. I do have a master's degree from Penn State University in human resources and employment relations, as well as certificates from SHRM, as well as HRCI, as a senior certified professional in human resources. Wow. So it's uh, pretty safe to say that you've committed to this field. 
definitely I've had the great opportunity to work at multi-billion dollar brands and startups, bringing in this kind of professional experience that I have and learning from it too. And so I'm happy to share my insights and what I've learned over my tenure. Beautiful, because we're going to get into that. <laughs> but before we do, I want, I want to get, let everybody get a better sense for kind of you as a person. I got a couple of quick questions for you. If you don't mind, we're going to go in rapid fire succession and then uh, dig into more of Total Rewards. Sound like a plan? Okay. Sounds great. All right. Early bird or night owl? I would say when I was pre being a mommy, I would say I was a night owl. I could stay up till two or three working or even binge watching a TV show. However, as soon as I had my son, James, definitely an early bird because when he's up, I'm up. <laughs> the world's up. <laughs> uh, the world's up. Uh, tell me a habit that you have, good, bad, or indifferent. One great habit that I would have is being able to focus. And I know that seems very Ooh. broad, but one of the things that I try to do is once I realize that I'm spending a little too much money on Amazon, I'll take 30 days and not buy anything and just focus that energy and money somewhere else. So when my finger goes to that app, I'm like, nope, this is 15 minutes I could spend reading instead of purchasing that next good product. So being able to focus per personally has definitely showed up for me professionally. That's fantastic. Have you always had this? I mean, this is a gift. No, it's a discipline. <laughs> mm. yeah. So definitely had to learn. So I, I invite anyone to that challenge. If you just want to change something in your life, decide that for 30 days, you're going to change it and just move that energy somewhere else. Instead of focusing on the thing you can't do, focus on the thing that it allows you to now do instead. That's great. You know, I'll tell you not to go to sideways a little bit, but there's a book that you might be interested in if you have not read it already. It's called The One Thing by Gary Kelleher. I think that's his last name. He's the one from, it's actually a real estate guy and it has nothing to do with real estate and he doesn't reference real estate, but essentially it's just about focus and discipline. And he's a really interesting individual. I could send you something if you're interested. Definitely. I just wrote down the title. So thank you very much. Oh yeah. It is. It's great. Awesome. So tell me something that most people don't know about you. Hmm, that's a good one. Most people don't know that I'm only five, two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Even if you saw me, I think I have a big personality. So I think I'm lucky to have that because I'm concentrated. I like to say I'm fun size. So that's one thing that you probably don't know right off. <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. Hey, I got a question for you. If sure. we were to get into your car right now, what would be on the radio? Oh, that's such a good question. So I'm very fortunate to have grown up in that 2000s pop era. I'm a Backstreet Boys fan forever. If <laughs> any one of the Backstreet Boys are listening right now, I still love you. I'll go to a concert <laughs> after COVID. So it probably would be a mix of top 40. And then when I'm really in a good mood, definitely mix a top 40 from the 2000s. All right. Good stuff. What are you doing to stay sharp mentally, especially these days with all the mayhem that's going on in this world? Mm, that's a great question. For me personally, I've started to adopt a practice of mindfulness. I know that's a trendy word right now, but it's something that dates back to our ancestors, right? And so... One of the things that I try to do is just take a moment or two right when I wake up, sometimes in the middle of the day when I just feel overwhelmed by work and whatever else is going on in the world, to sit still. 
I think sometimes when people think of mindfulness, it's having this like um, <laughs> mentality of I have to be perfect and my mind has to be empty. And by partnering with Headspace, uh, one of the foremost leaders of an app around mindfulness in the marketplace, I realized that sometimes it's just taking a moment, bringing your breath back into yourself and realizing that in this moment, all you have to do is be. That's great. That's so interesting. So just this past weekend, a good friend of mine had just completed a mindfulness challenge. I think it was a 21 or 28 day challenge where you had to sit in silence for, I forgot the amount of time. And, you know, he said it was extremely difficult in the beginning, but by the end, when you can get to a certain state, you don't want to get out of it. So Mm -hmm. he knows that I'm scattered and all over the place and running on high octane. So he took me to a park. We just sat in chairs. We were not allowed to speak. (laughs) and We just sat and just, and for like, maybe it was even over an hour. And every time that I went to talk, he's like, I'm going to add 15 minutes. (laughs) So, (laughs) So it actually ended up being, I think, closer to two hours. It was just, it was really enjoyable. We just sat, we just watched. I mean, there was a lot of people watching, so that was good, but it really, um, yeah, it set me off for the rest of the day. It was really enjoyable. So, uh, so thank you for sharing that. Wonderful. All right. So now this is what we're here for. I really want to learn the total reward space. I've been finding more and more interesting, something that I had taken for granted. I really didn't know much about. And there's a high level of complexity that I'm assuming most people didn't realize either. So if you don't mind, before we get deeper under the hood. Can you just kind of paint the picture of what is total rewards? Yeah, great question. So I think what a lot of people focus on when they're assessing a a job offer is what is my salary? What am I going to bring home every payday? And total rewards, it's enhancing that lens. It's going not just what am I getting wired into my bank account, but possibly what is my health going to look like? How do I have ability and access to healthcare? What can I leave behind for my dependents and my beneficiaries? How am I investing towards my retirement? How does my company help me do that? And if you think about it, there's this almost 30%, that's usually the industry standard we look at, of additional compensation that most people don't even consider when making a choice. And so I want to take some time today to really help you understand what you may be leaving out in your considerations and how to best utilize it once you are at a company. And definitely to think about when you're transitioning from one company to another, because most of us, we know the job that we have out of college is usually no longer the job we're going to retire from. Mm -hmm. So as we're making our transitions from job to job, how do we make sure we're not leaving money on the table? And we're also just making a plan that's going to sustain us lifelong to be able to take into account what we've built up in those different organizations. Interesting. So like what kinds of things should we be thinking about? Sure. So I'll start with onboarding, right? Because everyone knows what it's like to apply for a job. You're a little nervous, especially with everything that's been going on. You, You might be switching careers. So you're not even sure exactly what you should be asking for. And so once again, we usually, what's that bottom dollar number that I'm going to be paid? But what I would invite everyone to do is once you have that offer in hand, ask the recruiter for a benefits guide. You want to be able to understand how much am I going to be paying for health insurance? Should I be interested in enrolling? 
Because if you're going to be paying a substantial number above what you're paying at your current company, that salary increase may quickly be erased. Mm. Interesting. You also so, want to understand what other voluntary benefits they have. And and what are what's a voluntary benefit? So when I, as a benefits professional, look at something, I think of benefits with big B and little b. The big B benefits are your core offerings, what usually you'll see at a job, your medical insurance, dental, your vision insurance. Then we might move over to the small Bs, which may be life insurance, um, accidental death and dismemberment insurance. Usually your company might cover that short-term disability, long-term disability. I consider insurance as something that you pay for and hope you never need. (laughs) And then there might be voluntary benefits or ancillary for those in the HR industry. And those are additional things that you can buy through your company. So either you're paying a portion or the full amount, but you get the convenience of having it deducted from your paycheck. What can you tell me here? I had a really interesting conversation actually last night. And then this keeps coming up more and more with uh, other professionals that are in your field that I keep having conversations with. And they're talking about pharmacy benefits. Is that a topic that you're familiar with? And if so, are, are you seeing that big spend? I guess it's um, a specialty. That's what it is. Specialty uh, drugs? Yep, specialty pharmacy. Yep. So yes. great question. And again, just something that typically gets a little buried and the people who are most interested are the people that it adheres to today. And so specialty pharmacy typically is just what your health plan at your company allows for coverage. So usually it's carved into your medical and carved in means that it's just part of your medical. Once you elect a medical insurance plan and you're paying for it, you also have a pharmacy benefit. But as we understand, healthcare in the U.S. can be very complex. So your doctor may prescribe a medication for you and your plan may only cover the generic, meaning the least expensive but equally efficient prescription of that. And you get to the pharmacy and the pharmacist says, your insurance only covers this drug. And you're like, well, my doctor prescribed that drug. So this is where people go into specialty pharmacy. What does it mean to have what my doctor said and what my insurance plan cover be the same thing? And we can have a two-hour discussion on that, but the quick takeaway that I want people to understand is that if you ever have an issue where that's happening to you, make sure to reach out to your benefits team to escalate it because it may honestly just be a difference in dollars. All the drugs have to be FDA approved. So if you're getting a generic, bet your bottom dollar that is an equivalent of the drug that was prescribed. However, you might have complications for your specific case. You may need that brand name drug. And if you have any challenges, your benefits team is there to advocate for you and help you gain access to it. Wow. So if someone has, if they have some form of, whether it's a disease or something that requires a certain type of medication, this sounds like something that should be very important for them to think about or discuss prior to accepting the job. Definitely. So I actually had candidates who were interested in a job asked to speak to me directly before they accept because they may have a particular condition that requires them to take particular prescriptions. And so what you would ask in that particular instance is for a summary plan document. Uh, This document details everything that is covered and everything that is not covered and is available to all employees. Most people never read it even if they have a condition because they don't even know it exists. 
but legally we must provide it to all current employees. And as a candidate, you have that same right to access. Can you say the name of that document one more time? It's a summary plan description, SPD. Gotcha. Okay, great. Wow. That's interesting. So talk to me. I'm sorry. We kind of went on a little bit of a rabbit hole. Bring us back. Okay. So we talked about the big B's and pharmacy is a big B. So that's a good question because in some companies, pharmacy is a different plan that you do have to opt into. So let's say you've done all the big B's and now you're off to the little B's, right? So you're thinking about your short-term disability plan, your long-term disability plan, like, Hey, I don't plan to ever be sick. So, you know, (laughs) check the box. If you offer it to me, great. If you don't, great. But what I want people to consider, no matter what point in life you're in, you never know the unexpected, right? Especially if you're for someone who's younger and maybe thinking about family planning six to 10 years from now, your short-term disability benefits may come in if you're a birth mother. That's something that you must go through. Um, For someone who may not be a birth mother, you may have a knee surgery, something that is a two-week recovery time your short-term disability is going to cover that. So if for some reason you were to go out on these type of leaves, that's what we call them, a leave of absence, and you're only receiving 60% of your pay, that's an impact. And so you want to ask that question, what would it look like if I went out on a leave? How much would I be paid? Some companies are 100%, some companies are 60%, some companies pay that premium. So that per paycheck cost for you. And some companies do a cost share. You pay some and they pay some. So you want to take these things into consideration because if you work for 40 years, there might be one or two instances where you may need this benefit. Mm. That's a good one. How often are people really taking the time to do this kind of assessment? And it can be a little overwhelming. Uh, is there any any advice that you give for someone who isn't as familiar or maybe they're not as I don't know, it's even called mathematically inclined to be able to do some of this cost benefit analysis. (laughs) Right. Those are really good points. So what I would say is typically the benefits guide is very straightforward. It would give you dollar amounts of what you're paying and just look at your pay stub. One of the things that I've realized in my HR career when I was a recruiter, when I was in immigration, is that people do not take the time to read their pay stubs. Mm. And I highly recommend you you heard what your base salary was. You saw it go into your bank account. And then from that point, it's kind of like, all right, I'll leave that as a passive thing. Unless the numbers change significantly, I'll never look at it again. So I'd probably just plot some time on your calendar, your personal calendar, once a quarter, just every three months, just go, hey, what does my pay stub look like? And then what you can do is when you're considering a new job is take that pay stub and say, this is a deduction I see for my health insurance now. Let me look at that number in the benefits guide. And that's an easy compare right there. That's a great tip. I like that. How much of an impact should someone's benefits be when deciding on moving forward with an opportunity? Well, you know, there's a lot of things that you have to consider. I think by the time you're already looking for a new opportunity, you're thinking about culture, you're thinking about management, you're thinking about opportunity. But as I shared, the industry standard when we're um, figuring out what a total reward cost is for an employee is taking 30% of your base salary. That's how much more we add just for your benefits, assuming you take everything. Mm. So I would say use that as your number. Just be like, okay, how much more am I making from a salary standpoint? If I multiply that number by 30%, 
that's how much you really are getting in value. Not just dollars, but in value. Great point. And something that you just said a minute ago, taking advantage of your benefits. What, what are a lot of benefits that people are leaving on the table often that maybe they shouldn't be? Great question. So let's say you took that job, you're super excited, you got everything you need, you elected your benefits. And what I usually see is that people turn the light off. Once they're at that company, if they made that first election, they never look at their benefits again until they experience a life event. They get married, they have a baby, they have to go out and leave. That's when they start asking all the questions that you were probably told on day one when you were trying to figure out where the bathrooms were. And so what I would encourage you to do is every year, by law, we have to do an open enrollment. You've probably heard those words before, like, oh, okay, open enrollment's coming. I have a few days. I have to look at my benefits. Be an active participant. Be a consumer of your benefits. The same way that you would take time to plan a vacation and try to figure out the best airline, do the same thing. And it doesn't take a ton of time. It's probably 30 minutes of your time once a year to go, am I really in the right medical plan? Do I go to the doctor that often and need to have the most expensive insurance? That may not be the right fit for you. Mm. Hey, my company offers pet insurance. I could be saving 15% and have it being taken out of my paycheck so I don't have to worry about paying it monthly. Take Mm. advantage of that benefit. So it's really seeing what is my company offering and how can I leverage that to gain more value? So from the company's perspective, let's kind of flip back to the hat that you wear every day. How are you, you know, kind of choosing the the providers? How are you mm-hmm. choosing the dental providers, the the pharmacy, you know, the benefits that you talked about, the medicals, the four hundred one k, you know, all these things that fall under the total rewards umbrella? How are you going about making those decisions? Oh, Adam, you're asking for a behind the scenes access tour, <laughs> which <laughs> I'm happy to give you. So. Great question. And here I'm speaking to anyone in HR, whether you're a team of one or, you know, you have a benefits team, I kind of want to know what they're talking about. And this is a really good education for employees as well. I would say one of the main things I look for in a partner is their range of access. So if we have several locations in different states, I need to make sure I'm choosing a provider that can cover all of my employees. So that way I'm making sure that I don't have an employee in California who has to go 50 miles out to a doctor (laughs) where everyone in the New York office can go to anyone. Interesting. So maybe the the plan might cost a little more, but being able to have access is worth, again, the value from your perspective. Because Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. As a total rewards professional, my job, and I'm so fortunate to have it, is really to enhance the employee experience. When your company is offering you benefits, we're trying to make sure that the things that you have to deal with, healthcare, adding a beneficiary, adding a dependent, being able to see a dentist that you like and feel comfortable with and gives you the best service, that's my top priority. And they pay me money to do that, to make your life better. Do you have an opinion on the telemedicine? Oh, yes, definitely. If your company offers it, because actually in some countries, telemedicine is still one of the things that they're trying to get through. So some governments have not even allowed that. So if Hmm. you live in the U.S. and you have access to telemedicine, highly encourage you to go ahead and register. Most of the times it's already carved in. That term I used before is already part of your medical plan if you've elected it. And so what you would just have to do is make sure you register in advance. Don't wait until you're sick. So that way when you are sick and you're seeking care, you can just log in. 
Hmm. That's interesting. What are your thoughts on wellness? Yeah. So again, another buzzword that means everything right now and has always meant everything. So one part of offering benefits is that we're shoring it up, right? So like I said, insurance is one of those things that you pay for and you hope you never need. Wellness is that proactive approach. We're saying before you need it, let's give you tools to be able to make your health better, not just for us, but really for you. So I highly encourage you, if you have a health survey that they're encouraging you to complete, go ahead and complete it because knowing your numbers, knowing where your cholesterol, where all those different biometric points are, helps you make an informed decision and have a better conversation when you do go to a doctor. Mm -hmm. If there is a step challenge or a sleep challenge or a water challenge, participate in those things. I know they seem silly, but the science behind it makes us put dollars behind it. And if your company is spending money, there must be a benefit to it. And those are the smaller bees that I think people leave on the table. Yeah. Let me ask you, what is the best advice that somebody ever gave you? And and this could be anything. It could be about your career, even personal life, just like what you talked about, discipline Mm -hmm. and focus, or even about benefits. Sure. I would say ask questions. Just that simple. If you don't understand something, guess what? You're probably not the only one. So if you read a benefits guide, if you're at open enrollment, if you see a term in your offer letter or something weird on your pay stub, ask the question. There are paid professionals at your job who are there to answer it for you. And more times than not, it makes us realize, you know what? We are not giving the best information or maybe we're not reaching the right audience. It makes us better professionals and create better programs and communications that benefit everyone. So ask questions. What are some of the biggest benefits that aren't, from your perspective, aren't being taken advantage of? I'm going to start with a light one that you might find funny. Dental and vision. Usually those are way less expensive. And so people sign up for them and never go to the dentist. And Mm. so one of the things that I encourage all my employees to do is go to the dentist as frequently as possible because a bright smile helps you sell whatever you need to sell, makes you feel better, makes you feel more confident. If you have 15, 20 vision, you're, you can be a sharpshooter, still take advantage. You're paying for a benefit, use it. So this is a little off target, but I think you might appreciate it. A friend of mine's friend on social media put like a little envelope with money in his son's, uh, what's it, the medicine cabinet for he uses where he grabs his toothbrush he says, mm-hmm. hey, if you, you know, have opened this by X, amount of, uh, by X amount of date and made an appointment to go to your dentist, you know, here's uh, you know, 20 bucks or 50 bucks. Yeah, four days and he, uh, he still hadn't brushed his teeth. So, uh, <laughs> you know, so I don't think he's uh, taking advantage of that benefit. <laughs> Who's had the biggest impact on your life? The biggest impact on my life? Yeah. It, it, easy answer would be my parents. Just growing up, my parents always asked me to do better. And as a kid, you're just like, mom, I got a B plus. Is that not enough? And my mom's like, no, it's not. If you can reach for it, then reach for it. And that's encouraged me to do the things that I'm I'm asking everyone here to do, to be able to ask questions. I think the difference between a B student looks back at their work and asks questions, to be able to have the tenacity to not know where I'm going, but still go, at least I'm moving forward. 
So I would say it's definitely been my mom and dad who've been great mentors to me and that shines through in what I do today. That's great. Well, that reminds me of a quote that I'd love to get your perspective on. The biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. What are your thoughts? 100% agree with that. That's a great quote. So good that from now on, I'm going to say that that's what I always say. Um, (laughs) I won't give you the credit. Um, (laughs) But it's true. We're growing. We're evolving. Who we were five years ago is not who we are now. And jobs are are moving at that speed. You may have started a job five years ago and it looks nothing like what you started with because you've grown an expertise and the world has changed. So I think just focusing on the fact that as long as you're moving forward, you're educating yourself, you're asking questions and you're building on yourself, you'll always do great. And on that note, we're going to call it a day because that was fantastic. (laughs) Cassandra, anything else that I haven't asked you that I should have asked you or is there anything else that you'd like to share before we wrap up? Uh, One last thing. It's about offboarding. So when it comes to total rewards, I think a lot of people get really excited about that next job, right? You've taken the offer, but what about the job that you're leaving? What are some things? So some very quick takeaways is one, if you're investing in a 401k or any retirement plan, make sure you understand, ask questions of your benefits team. Um, What does that look like? Can you take the money with you? If you leave it with a company, how do you have access to it? So just make sure those questions are answered for you. Two is you may have a gap. Maybe you're taking some time off in between jobs or maybe you left involuntarily. You didn't want to leave your company and you're looking for something. Understanding what COBRA is. And COBRA is the ability to continue your health insurance through your prior employer. So make sure you understand what your COBRA benefits are, how much they cost, and how long you can take advantage of them. And then the last part, small Bs. You usually have group life insurance or some benefits that your company pays for you to be covered. Make sure that you understand what it means to port those into a personal policy. And what that means, those are fancy words to say, sometimes what your company was paying, you can pay for yourself. You're able to pay it at their cost, which is usually a discount versus if you were to go get that insurance on your own. So make sure to ask for that paperwork and if it makes sense for you to enroll in that plan. All this stuff is just such great advice that um, I have to admit I've been guilty myself of not taking advantage of. So I I really hope those that are listening hit rewind and listen again because there was a (laughs) lot. I'm sitting here taking notes and, uh, you know, I need to go back because this has been fantastic. And I look forward to sharing this podcast and sharing this information with everybody that I know. I really appreciate you uh, coming on the show today, Cassandra. Thank you so much. Thank you, Adam, for the opportunity. Many thanks for listening to Who's Who in HR. If you're looking to connect with more top-level HR professionals, be sure to log on to NetworkWise.com to find out how you could be part of an HR mastermind group. Also, subscribe to our newsletter to stay up-to-date on everything happening with NetworkWise. In the interim, make it a great day and remember to always NetworkWise.